0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Amazon Prime, Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm your host Greg Dietz, with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? It's actually
1: been a first good week I've had in a few weeks, uh, for the most part. Um, got, you know, continued doing some miniature painting, uh, playing uh, copious amounts of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, yeah. You know, just...
0: I still remember when you and I were talking about the fact that that one campaign we did kind of fell apart and you were really upset that, like, we weren't playing D&D and you spent all this money. And I was like, just give it, just give it a little time. Just give it a little time. We'll get back to it. And good God, did we get back into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had easily
1: spent over five or six hundred bucks yeah and because I've spent almost three hundred on the D&D beyond website and I don't even have all of the uh source books that I have in physical form uh on D&D beyond so I know I've spent over six hundred um at the time. Uh, even more now. But. Yeah man. I was I was at the point to where. That experience left such a bad taste in my mouth. I was ready to just sell everything. I didn't know that. I was that pissed.
0: Well I'm I glad mean, you didn't. Because like I'm having a fucking blast so
1: far. I'm glad I didn't either. I'm glad I didn't either. I I was, you know, and we're being very vague because I don't want to trash anybody on the fucking, on the podcast. Let's just say I had a player and I did not see eye to eye on things. And this player had it in their mind that I was out to sabotage them, which was not the case. And I've recorded sessions and you know, I have sessions recorded that clearly would back me up if I were to publish them. Although, trust me, there's a lot of downtime and boring bits. But there, there was no ever I'm out to get a particular person. You know, I don't know why they got that in their mind. But right, it, cause, cause it, as, a,
0: as, as a DM, your job is to sabotage the whole party. No, not even that. I'm joking. I'm not. I'm just kidding.
1: As a DM, you know, it's my job to weave a cohesive flowing story and ensure that everybody's having a good time. Myself included, you know, but dice, dice rolls, determine outcomes, it's always dice rolls that determine outcomes. Right. You know for a fact that when we play and there are multiple enemies and multiple targets, what do I do? How do I pick out the targets?
0: It's who's closest or who instigated the fight. That's that. target.
1: That, that, well, yeah. If there's somebody next to them, uh, say, if somebody runs up and smacks an enemy, well, that enemy is going to retaliate naturally especially if they're adjacent to said uh, character. But if there's like five or six characters that haven't engaged in combat and there's a choice of, oh, which targets should I hit, I assign a number to each character based on their initiative order. Say if we have six players, uh, uh, the highest initiative is number one, second highest, number two number three, and so on. And then I roll a die to see which ones are getting attacked. If there's three enemies that are attacking, I roll a die to see which ones are getting attacked. Those are the ones that get attacked. That's how I've always determined it to be fair. But this person just had it in their mind that for whatever reason, I was out to sabotage them and it's not the case and it ruined what i thought was a beautiful friendship.
0: Yeah. It was unfortunate it's, too because it's it turns into like this situation where um it it in in it affected a lot of things.
1: It affected uh, a lot of things, yes.
0: And uh but that was, you know, like to not get too deep into it. That was something that was 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 upsetting for me just the fact that like I had expressed to Maya that I've had nothing but bad experiences when it comes to tabletop DD or just tabletop games in general in regards to RPGs. Um and so the fact that that happened I know upset you as well cuz you were like I you didn't want me to have a bad experience in your game. And then it happened anyway and you were like Ugh. <laughs>
1: Which also soured you on it, it even really further. Soured you on it even further. Uh, soured another person even further. Um, but then, after some time passed,
0: you started wanting to play again. I started because learning- listening to Critical Role... <clears throat> I was going to say, the, the thing that got me, like, really back into, like, more interested suddenly was not just Critical Role, but when we reviewed... Um, the Legends Fox of Vox Machina. Machina. Yeah. And I was like, I want to listen to this podcast, and then, like, that just that just got it in, got it going.
1: But, yeah, and here's the thing. I'm running three campaigns now, and... Nobody's having a bad time. Uh, nobody is thinking that I'm out to get them. No. So if I'm running three campaigns successfully.
0: There's a common denominator
1: here. Yeah, there, there's a common denominator. I wasn't the issue. And for the longest time, I was second guessing myself. I was like, was I the issue, but no. I see now I was never the issue. The issue was this particular person didn't like it when shit didn't go their way. And they were just a bad player. They flat out were a bad player. Yeah. Because I've talked to other people who play and other people who DM and every one of them has said, why did you even tolerate that bullshit for as long as you did? They said that person would have been disinvited from my table after two sessions of that. <clears throat> and I was like, well, you know, in hindsight, that's what I should have done, but
0: yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty and
1: hindsight oh, yeah, is twenty twenty, yeah. and yeah. Unfortunately, you know, friendship was ruined over it, which does suck. That is sometimes a thing that happens in D and D. But it doesn't have to, and these three campaigns that I'm running are just proof that it doesn't have to, and yeah, I'm having a good time, Um, which is great because I've needed it with just the horrible things that happened in July, the passing of two friends, one very close, um, the other, you know, uh, a good friendship, but, you know, not as close as... Or historic as the other. Uh, but a friend nonetheless. You know, I'm sad that they're gone.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, never never fun or easy losing a friend.
1: No. No, not at all. So, yeah, it's been a welcome. Uh, I don't want to say distraction, but a welcome way to use my time constructively. Yeah. Uh, that and just painting again because I hadn't painted in almost six months. And, you know, I made some other changes. Uh Last night I just, I made the decision. I walked away from the realm of collectors. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, and it's nothing against the group themselves. Nobody did anything to make me want to leave. I just felt that, My interests, the things that I'm into, the the way my life is going now, I don't need or want to be a part of the realm like I needed four years ago. I'm not the same person I was four years ago. I'm not the same person I was this time last year. Uh, yeah. and it's just, there's a disconnect there and I feel like I'm not contributing anything. I'm not being a positive presence like I once was, you know, it's like, uh, it's time to walk away and move on. And not that it was a bad experience. It was a wonderful life changing experience being a part of that. But it just, who I am currently and the trajectory things are going, it's just not for me anymore. So I talked to Ace last night and I haven't left figurebanging, but I'm officially on hiatus until I make a final decision about figurebanging. But yeah. Um you know, I've got nothing for love but the community and the friends that I've made. But I don't see myself being a part of it in the future.
0: Sometimes that happens. Like I imagine you're still gonna remain friends with a lot of those people, but
1: oh absolutely. I did I did clean up my friends list last night though. I was like people that just added me because I was on a podcast in the realm, or just added me because I was on MPSP Theater, or just added me because I was in the realm and I was popular, especially when I almost died. And they raised money for me uh, when I was in the hospital, able to come home and everything. People that I had never ever had any interaction with or spoken to, and I was just like, this trimming the fat yeah it's like it's not needed i don't need like i have over 700 friends on facebook and i talk to a lot of people on a regular basis um you know just my normal daily circle of people that i talk to numbers a couple of dozen that I talk to on a regular basis daily. Uh, weekly, it's probably over 100 different people that I check in with and talk to. Um, you know, and periodically, out of that 700, I'm contacting a lot of people or vice versa. So, Yeah. I was definitely trimming the fat, and it's it and it's nothing malicious or ill intent uh, towards any of those people. It's just like if I've had no interaction with you, sorry, I'm yeah. moving on. You know, I don't I'm decluttering a little bit, I guess, if you put it that way, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just trying to move forward with a lot of things or moving the direction and the trajectory that my life's going and sometimes sometimes as my therapist said you know friends are seasonal and the season changes um, yeah it's an interesting way to put that Mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's things that have been going on with me what about you? What's been going on with you this past week? How's how's your week been? Um
0: <laughs> stressful. Uh we uh I've just been trying to get things done around here. Like I, I think I mentioned last week, you know, or the week before that shit, I don't know. Transmission went on the car so we haven't had any transportation and trying to get help from certain friends and family has been a headache. Um loving to death, thanks for the help, but I've told you privately, and I'm not going to go into the details for the podcast. Sorry, sorry, all listeners. <laughs> it's just it's just been a lot, and like, um, uh, last night was like I wasn't sure I was going to get to sleep. I was so stressed out, and then I got shit going on today, and it's just it's just a lot. But, um, yeah, other than that, it's just been a lot of fall guys, which has hit two years today. I've been playing that fucking game for two years, and it's 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 honestly been a godsend. Um. I, I, I it's, it's going to sound really strange, but you know how we all have those things in our life that are the thing that get us away from the, the, the stresses of life um, fall guys has been that for me for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back when the game was still new um, I played it all the fucking time because I was stressed out about the, the state of the world. State yeah. United States, I should say. Uh you know, I would watch the election results while playing Fall Guys. I anything that was going on in my life, like you know, my dad being in the hospital for that one stint, like I'd come home and just play Fall Guys until I heard from him, you know. And now it's 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 even here for me when I'm dealing with this stuff. So you know, like, if anyone's just like, oh, you just play a lot of Fall Guys, it's not just because I play a lot of Fall Guys. I play a lot of Fall Guys because it's, like, it's nice to be good at something that you know you can get consistent wins in, and uh, just have a good time with a few friends. Yeah. There's been some, like, drama recently within the Fall Guys group that I'm a part of. Uh, it's really fucking stupid and silly. Um but uh, other than that, like it's my Jimmy Jams, and I don't think I'll stop playing anytime soon. I mean, I play other games all the time, but it's my consistent. Go I can't believe the fuckers. Two years.
1: Yeah, I remember two years ago today, we were excited because we had saw we had seen it at the uh, Devolver Digital E three presentation. Yeah, And we were like, that looks like stupid fun. And we both immediately downloaded it that first day it was available. And, I mean, well, I, you've, you've played far longer than I have, but we've both been playing it for two
0: years now. Well, I played it I played it before everybody else, too, because uh, I was in the beta. Oh, that's right. You were. In July, yeah. Um, I mean, there's people that have been playing it longer than me because they were in the beta on PC before it went to console beta, but... Um, but yeah, like, cause it was at the Devolver Digital Conference and they, they had that fake game where you're going through a convention center mm-hmm. and I had pointed it out to you at point, like, I think you, cause I think you and I watched that, that digital conference and I was like, "Fall guys. And you're like, what's this? I was like, it's like fucking, um, uh, what did I say? Uh, wipeout. out, <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. there's a bunch of players. And you were interested. And then I played the beta and I mentioned it to everybody. I was like, we got to fucking download this. And Andy's like, oh, give it a shot. And we fell in love. What was really funny to me, and I've been trying to tell this to people all the time, is that Fall Guys has always, always had bugs. It's always had some kind of issue. Because for the first month, I want to say, month and a half, uh, anybody that was on a base PS4, so you and Andy... Um, we're dealing with terrible fucking controller lag.
1: Uh, and see, I didn't realize it. I didn't realize that it was an issue.
0: No, it was, it was my experience from it was, I heard, I heard people saying it within half empty, which that died real quick. Um, it was like they did that last stream, and then everyone was like, "Peace." Uh Anywho, if it weren't for if it weren't for Half Empty, you and I wouldn't probably be friends. Um, yeah. Uh what was my thought process on that? Jesus Christ! It's bugs, bugs, bugs.
1: Controller leg.
0: Um. Yeah. So the games always had bugs, and like the games continues to still have bugs. And you, like, you'd think the game never had bugs the way people react. Like the absolute, like I've been playing this game for two years and, and I'm tired of these bugs. And I'm like, you're now tired of them. That's mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made a joke to a guy on Facebook. Cause I'm in this community now where he was complaining about the bugs. And I'm like, I'm like, would it really be fall guys without some kind of issue? And he just got all mad at me. And I was like, okay, whatever, man. I was making a joke. He's like, I've been playing this with Terry Um, But other than that, I, uh, something I wonder. So we were talking about what we were going to review for next week. And, and we brought up Lightyear. Because that came to Disney Plus as of yesterday of recording this. The 3rd of, of, of August. And... Um, so I watched it with my dad. It's good. It's a good movie. Solid. Like, I don't think that you wouldn't enjoy watching it or that anybody that listens to this podcast wouldn't enjoy watching it. However, um, in the beginning of the movie, it does a better job explaining what the movie is than any advertisement has done for so far. The first words you see on screen are, in 1995, Andy went to the movie theater and watched his favorite movie of all time. This is that movie. Oh. Why couldn't any of the advertising say that? Uh, That being said, after having watched the movie, I enjoyed it. I want to make that clear. I enjoyed it. After watching the movie, I thought to myself, yeah, you know what? It makes sense. This would be a 10-year-old's favorite movie.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. It's solid. It's a good time, though. It's a good time. Uh, But that's all I'll say on it because I don't want to spoil it it's it's still new okay, okay. Uh, the the other thing I want to bring up before we get to the reviews why did this year need three separate pinocchio movies I don't know <laughs> have you have you have you heard about all three uh I oh know my. there's sorry my phone was not muted my bad
1: Stop that. Um, I know there is a live-action Disney one. Yes. Because they've been on their kick in the recent five or six years of doing live-action remakes of animated classics. Then I know there's another one, isn't it? Isn't there one by Guillermo
0: del Toro? That And that's, that's like the weird Guillermo del Toro one coming to Netflix.
1: Okay, and then there's another one. I don't remember... Uh, who it's being created by?
0: So I don't remember. I don't know who it's being made by either. I know that it's being um, published, produced by uh, Lionsgate. Hmm. Um, it's animated, fully three D animated.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: I'm gonna tell you who is the voice of Pinocchio while I find a very specific clip from TikTok in regards to this. Okay, because it is hilarious. You know what? Actually, I'm going to play the clip. That's not what I want. Uh, That's not what I want. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to play the clip, and I want you to try to just guess who the fuck this voice is.
1: Don't believe my eyes. Your name will be Pinocchio.
0: Father, when can I leave to be on my own? I've got the
1: whole world to see. I don't believe. Oh Um it, it, mm. You know I don't know. I was I was for some reason I was thinking Andy Sandberg, but that made
0: more sense uh Polly shore really yep that was pinocchio That i hear it
1: in the oh i hear it in that i hear (laughs) it on
0: my ah it's fucking Hmm. hilarious um but yeah so so lionsgate made an animated movie with Polly shore as pinocchio netflix is making their weird guillermo del toro pinocchio and then disney's doing a live-action remake of their of their pinocchio all come out this year. All three of them come out this year. As a matter of fact, the Lionsgate one, I think, is already out. But
1: I remember when I was three years old, maybe four. No, I was three. I watched Pinocchio. And the scene where Pinocchio and the other boys are in a pool hall smoking cigars, drinking beer, and then they turn into jackasses. As a little kid, that terrified me because I was under the impression that if I was mean and did anything wrong, I would turn into a jackass.
0: You know, what's funny is that was the exact reason for that part of the original story. That <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <sighs> Fucking old school stories are all like that. They're just like, hey, kids, if you fuck up, a guy's going to come and steal you and then eat your bones. The not Fuck.
1: That was in the fucking 70s when I saw that shit. And it still resonates with me. It's like, (laughs) fucking jackass.
0: I never thought of that. I never thought that is literally saying, don't be a jackass. All right, guys, that's it for the podcast. I'm going to (laughs) go. Oh, my God. You know how like there's those moments where you're like, I just now figured it out. What the fuck? I was
1: today years old when I learned this.
0: <laughs> I saw a guy on TikTok yesterday who hates pickles, and he was like, he was gonna he was going to proceed to make fun of people who who like to eat pickles, but then the girl doing the recipe was like, you take a bunch of cucumbers, you slice them up. He's like, did I just learn at at age twenty five that pickles are just Pickled cucumbers. Wow. And I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> you know what the pickling process is, but you didn't know that. That's wild. Well, um, so now that we're past everything, why don't we go ahead and start reviewing things? We can do that. Um, My fucking app was all wonky. There we go. So we're gonna start with uh, we're gonna talking about the players finale, um, the documentary we met in, we met in virtual reality, and then cap it off with the Russo brothers' Netflix original, The Gray Man. Um, so why don't we go ahead and jump into the players finale? Well, this was the
1: uh, last episode. That's what finale means. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, titled Yumi, I believe it is. Y yeah. u u m i. Yeah, that's uh, the yeah. Uh, basically, we see Team Fugitive. They adv- uh, it episode nine carried off. They were up two games to one against uh, TSM, and it looked like they were on the verge of collapse. Episode ten picks up in the locker room with a few minutes to go before their next match. Um, And Braxton gives a speech, rallies the team, and Cream Cheese goes out and basically puts his faith in Organism, and Organism calls the shots. They end up winning their first-ever League Championship Series title against TSM, which had been their rivals and who had beaten them four times consecutively
0: in the finals. Well, um, so, before we move on to the second half of the episode, because um, I just happened in the first like 10 minutes, 10 something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, I was laughing my ass off at Cream Cheese comparing. This magical cat within the lore of League of Legends to mm-hmm. his experience dealing with organism. Yeah. Holy shit. What a weird fucking analogy to make. But the fact that he was making it and it worked was genius writing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like It was hilarious, but well done.
0: Yeah, like... Because it's 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 that perfect combo of fucking absurd. Would you say it was works. a wombo combo? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just that mix of absurd and and, and uh, that made it funny, but also like you're like, but I get it, it works, you know. He's it's cream maturing as a player, maturing as a character and i was like this is fucking brilliant and hilarious like i just don't get how people could watch this show and be like oh it's terrible writing like that's really fucking smart like it incorporates also league of legends into the whole thing which is the game that they're fucking competing in it's just brilliant it's just really fucking smart so i was i was cracking up and being like this is really fucking cool cuz i'm cheering on i'm cheering on fucking fugitive i want them to win and they and they do. And they do, yeah. I was I was I was all I was fucking happy for him. And four games, they
1: they. Uh, that was part of Braxton's uh, speech there uh, in between matches. He was like, "Look," he said, "TSM and Foresight have never lost a game five in the finals." And they're not going to today because they're not going to get to a game five. (laughs) Yeah, He's like, we're going to go out there and we're going to win this bitch. And, and they do, they, they fucking won. And it was great. And everybody's celebrating everything. And, and they, and they said, well, what's next now that you won this? And Organism was like, we're going to win worlds. He didn't even say we're
0: going to win worlds. He said, Focused on, oh,
1: he says, Yeah, I'm focused on worlds. And they're like, Yeah, but how do you feel in the moment? He said, I'm focused on worlds.
0: Yeah, he just kept repeating that.
1: And you know, basically, worlds is a month long tournament in Korea playing on or South Korea specifically, uh, not north because they don't like people. Um, but <laughs> well, they don't.
0: I mean, um, truth and comedy.
1: Yeah. So, ever they go to North Korea or go north, they go to South Korea. Uh, the South Korean server is notoriously known for being the most difficult server in the world. The players there are phenomenal, and, and that's on
0: like it. It there's. Any big, big fucking uh, esports type game you can think of, North Korea is the sorry South, South Korea. Korea is the. Um, They're the cream the, of the country. crop. Yeah, because they they actually have like kids will full on drop out of high school and go to go to schools exclusively
1: designed yeah. for esports. Yeah, and their government actually funds the teams.
0: Yep. Like they take it seriously in, in, in South Korea. Like very seriously. The whole country does. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, they get over there and green cheese is like, oh, this is my third world, you know, so I'm like the resident expert on Korea, and there's fucking two Koreans on the team.
0: <laughs> that was they, they changed the stories like Okay. like maybe maybe second second most knowledgeable. Like, oh god, this shit was fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, they 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 go to worlds, um, and it shows them they're training, and they're like, oh, we've been training all day. I'm tired. Let's go do karaoke. And it's still early in the evening. The organisms still wanting to have scrimmages and. Is like, we need to train more. We're not, these, these guys are good. You know, we're, we're getting the floor wiped with us. And he doesn't feel that the rest of the team is taking it seriously. They're still stuck in that moment. We won the LCS. You know, we're content with that. He's not content with that. And it blows up, and he lets them know that he is not Content with just an LCS title, he wants to be a world champion, he wants to be the best player in the world. And if they're not on board with that, if they don't want more, he doesn't want to be a part of it. And he walks away from Fugitive after they go one in five in the world's competition and get eliminated. Uh, we see Organism doesn't travel home back to the states with the team, he stays in Korea, he and his brother stay in Korea. And he signs on with Never Lost uh, and is being paid even more money with Never Lost to train uh, to be that best player in the world. And you see him start climbing in the ranks. And the rest of the team, Fugitive, is devastated by this. They're like, oh, how do we recover? And.
0: Sorry, bringing on Frogger fucking killed me. That was absolutely hilarious.
1: Yeah. Hey, look, me and Frogger, cream cheese, cream cheese and Frogger together again at Carl's Jr. What does it mean? And Frogger's like, we just really like Carl's Jr.
0: (laughs) I got got to say something about (coughs) Frogger's character, though, because the show, again, very fucking expertly and brilliantly written. Frogger is the type of character who's supposed to be the folly to cream cheese like that's his entire point to an extent but the writers of the show took it to the next level so if you remember i I think i was talking about last review or like episode nine or eight i remember which but there's the shot where fugitive just destroys whatever team was was like drafted to and toss okay um and they go to like say hi or just like whatever and it's real fucking brief and it leaves further on the stage kind of just like confused or like mm-hmm. with a sense of longing or lo- like like he lost something right yeah not just the game but more than that so his entire character arc goes from uh goes entirely from this is my best friend there's no way that Kareem would ever get rid of me. There's no way I'd ever be replaced to being replaced to going to another team losing and then full circle back to fugitive as if nothing changed because Frugger is the type of guy who just needs acceptance, not anything else. And so watching his character arc from a passive perspective, like goes into exactly what I love about this show like we didn't have to see that but they made sure we did and not only is it fucking funny but it's also like there's that little bit of heartbreak in there like like the actor who's playing frugger like yeah he's dumb but he, there's that little bit of heartbreak like that little bit of like ah, so it's, it's just i don't know man it's so it's just it's just brilliantly fucking formed i love it
1: yeah but, I mean, this show was well done. I hope, I hope we get a second season.
0: I really do, too. That last shot, like, was so sad. It yeah, was so it was. Sad. I felt so bad for, like, that's the thing. I remember starting the show, we were talking about how much cream cheese annoyed the shit out of us, but it was also hilarious. Like, he's that kind of character you 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 didn't want to root for, but he was there, so it was funny. And then as the series went on, you, I don't know, I personally was just like, Man, if you're really bad for cream cheese. Yeah. Especially that scene, that entire sequence with him at the the high school reunion. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad for him in that scenario. But um Yeah, I just, I really fucking hope we get a second season too. I enjoyed this show way more than I thought I was going to. Like, I thought I was going to enjoy about as much as I did American Vandal, which was
1: very much. But wow, I enjoyed this more than American Vandal, and I loved American Vandal.
0: That's what. That's exactly what I'm. Yeah, what I'm getting at is that I. I thought it was going to be on the same par because I thought, oh, they're just going to make a, a, a mockumentary, just a funny mockumentary. Because I don't remember being this attached to characters in American Vandal. No. So, well, <clears throat> uh, since we got two other things to review, what well, do you want to final thoughts on a grid? Great-
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, I give I give episode ten an A plus. It was stellarly done. It was emotional. It was impactful. Um, cleverly written. Uh, and you know we 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 were curious. Um, you know what was going to be the fallout because we kind of said you know I see this ending with them winning a league championship series title. What happens after that? The fallout, and I, I assumed that you know somebody would be traded away or something along those lines. And organism walking away from the team and staying in South Korea to become the best player in the world, you know, that's his drive. It's what motivates him. That was that was it. Yeah, that was that was it was really well done. Uh, so yeah, I want to see what happens. I want a season two, the whole series, you know, gets, gets an a from me. Uh, but the earlier episodes weren't as strong as the later episodes. This thing gained ground and got better as it went along. So very well done. What do you think?
0: Uh, I mirror what you said. I think, I think episode 10 gets an a plus the whole series gets an a, um, it's it's really expertly written to the point that uh yeah the first few episodes are not as strong they're still entertaining but they're not as strong and then and then as the series goes not only does the story get better but the characters get more entertaining um Mm -hmm. they become more more of like it becomes stronger in how their character is written um I think right now, if you haven't watched this series and you're supposed to us talk about it, we spoiled the entire show, but, um, you know, you could watch the whole thing in one go and it would probably be a little bit better. I think, I think this show is very bingeable. Um, you know, cause it's structured and designed very similarly to a lot of sports documentaries, like the last dance and, and, and things of that nature. And those things are designed to be, you know, uh, Streamable, not streamable, but uh, bingeable. Yeah. Uh, did I enjoy this watching it from week to week? Sure, let me something to you know, look forward to and whatnot. And uh, but had I not watched it and, and the whole thing was ready to go, I'd be happy to watch the whole thing. So, uh, but yeah, I think you know, players is a fucking fantastic show. It's I like to see creators up their game, so to speak. You know, we had American Vandal season one and season two, which were fantastic. But again, those were purely mockumentaries to make fun of group two crime drives. And I full on thought that this was going to be the same thing, but for sports documentaries, I was wrong. It's more than that. It's an actual story with characters you want to see succeed or fail. And that's... That's rare in a mockumentary. It yeah. Really so, but yeah, glowing um, review from all Queued up. Well, let's uh, let's talk about in uh, we met in VR.
1: Yeah, we met in virtual reality. It's a documentary that was just released uh, recently on HBO Max, and it's filmed. Entirely within the video game VR chat, yep.
0: uh,
1: it explores the social relations developed by the users of VR chat during the pandemic and how their lives were changed by their time on the platform.
0: Um, I want to go ahead and talk about it. I do want to make something clear about this movie. Um, there is an entire like multiple subsects of VR that are not what are in this documentary. Yeah. VR chat is a very, very, very large place. And there are a lot of great friendships and communities that are built within chat VR or VR chat. The problem is this documentary focuses on a very teeny tiny group. And I don't mean like they are small people. I mean like they are, in in terms of numbers, very minute. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, um, it's a more uh, approachable group.
1: An intimate portrayal of a small circle.
0: Yeah, yeah. But sorry, I just wanted to make that clear. Because a lot of people have been complaining about it online. And I'm like... I don't think that this movie was designed to showcase what chat VR or the VR chat is. I think it was designed to showcase what it could be for everybody. So, but go ahead. Sorry. Just want to clear that oh, up. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, a, a lot of people
1: may look at that as a weird thing. You know, a VR chat community that that serious, life-altering, lifelong relationships can stem from. But really, it's no different from any other type of community uh, in the needs that are fulfilled, uh, the needs that are met, um, you know, I, you've, you've heard about me on this, on this podcast, talk about the realm of collectors, you know, and yes, I did say earlier that I've left the realm, um, but at the time it was what I needed, And it was a life-altering thing. It was the community that I needed for my life at that time. Um, And I have nothing bad to say about it. And these people, they've just met in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're getting the same community experience and interpersonal relationship experience that I was getting. Um, you know, so I'm not knocking the how. The presentation, however, I wasn't a big fan of. So in I,
0: what regard? Just out of curiosity, obviously.
1: Like, filming the entire thing in the VR. I like it was difficult for me to um, be immersed in it. And I think this will be a problem for casual
0: observers of this. Uh, I I'll I'm put, I'll use, I'm, I want to say this about it. If mm-hmm. this was a documentary filmed in real life, it's still been a little bad. Like... Um, I do not understand the necessity to have long arbitrary shots that last way the fuck too long in any documentary, let alone one in a virtual space.
1: No, no, I agree, and that's what I was gonna say. I think I think that this could have benefited from having some live action interspersed with, the VR because doing it entirely in VR and like you said, these long drawn out shots with no dialogue but just chatter yeah very distracting very difficult to get into but that being said you know the the actual purpose of that these people have found, I admire that. I, I admire relate to it. it. I relate to it. Hell, you you and I are we consider each other. You're one uh, of my best friends. Yeah, exactly. And the same applies to you for me. I uh, never would have happened had it not been for an online gaming community on Twitch that yeah. essentially doesn't exist anymore. But our relationship, even though we're not a part of that community anymore, is still super close, which is wonderful. That's the thing that you can get out of these things. So it's, it's a cool idea at a look at how community can evolve and grow. But
0: I just think it could have been presented so much better. So much better. I completely agree with you. I think one of the things that I kept thinking about watching it was like, this is this is a great, the, the, these people's stories are interesting. These people's experiences are interesting. And you could have done the documentary in a way that, that showcased, like, I understand that these people are using VR chat because they don't like who they are in real life. You know, they have, whether, it's, whether it's a mental block or a physical block, they're not happy with who they are in real life, and they feel they can be themselves in this virtual space. I mm-hmm. get that; I relate to that. But letting us see how these people get along in real life, intermixed with their VR life,
1: would have would been, been far so more much more interesting. Yes, especially the. One guy who lived in Miami and his online girlfriend who lived in the u k show their meeting when he goes to the u k and then they're talking you know, about
0: even outside of that Maya, I would have loved to just seen how they were get like what they were doing outside of v r like imagine this in your mind. we watch their wedding in v r right We watch their wedding mm-hmm. and then it cuts to both of them in a split screen, taking off the VR headset and doing what they would normally do in their life. Oh yeah. From fucking VR.
1: Yeah. Show me that. What if it's show so me, fucking good. Show me how they spent the time together in person because you know, they obviously, well, hopefully they weren't spending it in VR together. Like, Hey, let's do VR in the same rooms. Like, this person just traveled 5,000 miles to be with you. Spend all the time that you have together in person, doing things in person that you would normally do in your everyday life. You know, I realize that it's in a, during a pandemic and everything, and there's going to be limitations about, but show some of that.
0: But, oh, yeah, how about, they, how about the, the guy and the girl that, you know, one lived in the United States, the other one in Canada? And he and she was flying to the states to see him. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't we see them meet? No, we had to watch a weird situation in a fucking parking garage in VR with them. And I'm like, "Uh, this is weird." <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) okay i'm glad i wasn't the only person that felt that (laughs) no it was definitely a little it was a little too off like i enjoyed their story their story was nice you know he talks about how he was on mute and he was really shy and that she was the first person that made him want to unmute i was like that's charming that's endearing yeah no let's you know (laughs) or like i actually cried a little bit with the deaf girl who lost her brother and then was signing into a fucking lantern before t- I was like, I was like, that's fucking emotional and impactful. It was a beautiful moment. It really was. And then it was followed and impacted by the same shit that the fucking documentary was doing, where it was like, "Okay, <laughs> still in VR, got it." I don't know. It just a little, it's 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 too much VR.
1: It is. It really is.
0: Like, I think if you want regular people to watch it, I really, really do, that you're going to need to have a better human element. And by that, I mean an actual, like, physical human on screen. I yeah. I told my mom about this, right? I was like, hey, you know, this is a documentary, yada, yada, yada. And she goes, "Oh, that sounds really interesting. And I was like, okay, watch it for a second. She's like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. She did, like, it's... I don't know. I think I think we're on the same page. Cause it's not bad. It's just not good either, if that makes sense. Like
1: Yeah. It's I uh, normally I like to turn things up so I can hear everything. Make sure I hear everything clearly and audibly. This had to turn it down like to where I could just barely hear it, but I could catch it. You know, because I still have subtitles on and everything. It just wasn't that important to me to catch every minute detail. It was just like... But there were some touching stories and everything. And I've got the... You know, the presentation needs work.
0: It felt like a student film.
1: It absolutely felt like a student film. A 90-minute student
0: film. Yeah. I was going to say, the other... like. I didn't have a problem with them wanting to showcase like what VR chat sounds like in real time with the just cacophony of voices. Yeah, um, it didn't need to be as fucking often. I got yeah. the point after the first few minutes of the film, but like when it's like ninety minutes—oh, not ninety minutes, but so like an hour in—and they're doing the fucking New Year's celebration stuff, and it's just like every single scene. Is just a cacophony of voices. I'm like, I gotta look at my phone. Like, I mm-hmm. got I gotta ignore it for a second. It was just too much. Yep. Right after they fucking talk about how like one of the girls has like a problem where her brain can't function when there's too much noise, followed by the compound of too much noise. I'm like, Yes. It's <laughs> no. weird.
1: Well, do you have any other thoughts on it or
0: No, I was gonna say I was gonna say if we can if we go to a grid, I'm just gonna give it a C plus. Okay, uh, I was gonna give it a C minus. So yeah. Well, because I, I think that it was again, if you can resonate an emotion out of me, like that girl's story, mm-hmm. that's well done. That's well structured. And I think they did a good job with that part. And there's a lot of moments in the film that I think are built and structured very, very well. Um, the problem is, is and, and I and I've talked about this with friends when we're regarding like older films, like '70s films, where they have like 45 minutes of a plot but need to fill another 45 minutes in. So there's just a lot of these long highway shots or long field shots for no fucking reason, or if it's in a city, like long city shots. And I hate that shit because it just it's clearly filler. And that's how this documentary felt. Like I was like, I was like, "Oh man, this is really interesting." Like they got married in VR and they consider themselves married, even though they don't live in the same country. That's fascinating. Why are we watching them on a fucking monorail? Yeah, so that's why I'm giving it a C+ plus because it was interesting enough, but again, the pre- like you said, the presentation was just real poor. yeah, so yeah.
1: I would give it a higher grade if it were intercut with the actual people and presenting them in actual situations outside of their time in VR. And, yeah, it's just... And, you know, maybe this was the only way they could film it because of limitations. I get that. I understand it. It's, it was it's uh, a I, uh, very bold move.
0: I looked at uh, uh, how the film was made, and it was an Indiegogo. Okay. So I don't think that like, they definitely didn't have the budget to meet the people in real life, but regardless.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, maybe revisit the project and do it in a more traditional sense. Guarantee you would make it better, but mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. Well it's, well, it's 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 a thing that exists, and it's interesting
0: enough. It's a good idea. It's a really fucking good idea. It just needs to needs to to be produced better. I guess is how you want to say that. Yeah. But um. Well, let's get on to the last thing we're going to review, The Gray Man by the Russo Brothers. If you don't know who the Russo Brothers are, then I don't know what to tell you, but they made uh, Avengers uh, Endgame and Infinity War, also uh, Captain America,
1: Civil War, and Winter Soldier.
0: Yep, Four four of the Marvel films, I think, at this point. Mm -hmm. I felt like they made five, but I might be wrong about that. Uh, Anyway, um, do you have a synopsis for us?
1: Mm, Let's see. Because there's a lot that goes on in this movie. Ryan Gosling plays, uh, starts out, he's in prison. And he's uh, approached by Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob says, we're going to commute your sentence and you come and work for us. Who are you? The CIA fast forward from 2003 to present day, I guess. Well, 2021, it said 18 years later and he is what is called a gray man. One of the operatives that Billy Bob Thornton's character um, inserts into certain situations to get extreme jobs done. Um, and his first target happens to be another gray man, uh, who has basically, uh, a mini disc of information that the superiors do not want brought to light because it could lead to their downfall and loss of power essentially.
0: That's, I mean, I think that's the whole plot.
1: Yeah. Chris Evans has a porn stash in the movie.
0: <laughs> and uh, it's
1: know, weird to see Chris Evans play such a douche canoe after seeing him be Captain America for so long.
0: I mean, it shows his range. I don't. Did you ever see Knives Out?
1: I haven't seen Knives Out, but I have seen Not Another Teen Movie. Which was his
0: first role. First off, you got you gotta watch Knives Out. The movie's fucking great. Um, but uh, he's also plays a douche canoe in and Knives Out. Not as much of a douche canoe as in Grey Man, but he still plays a douche canoe.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Um. Uh, he's like the family, like black sheep sort of thing. Anyway, um, uh.
1: No, this is based on a novel that was written in 2009, actually. So it's an I adaptation. Hear
0: it's, I hear it's quite different than the, than the novel, too. But I could be wrong about that. I don't fucking know. Um, so I was looking at the Russo brothers' uh, IMDb, and yeah, they only did four movies. They did two Captain Americas and two Avengers. Um, they also worked on... They did the movie You Me and Dupree. What was that one again? I've seen it, but It's with Owen Wilson and and Ben Affleck. Not Ben Affleck. I'm sorry. Uh uh Vince Vaughn? No.
1: No. What the fuck is
0: his name? Shit.
1: Now I got to fucking look it up.
0: Why well, I just had it up. and My brain's like, "Nope. Go fuck yourself." Matt Dillon? Uh, no you me and do matt dillon uh, oh it is matt dillon i thought it was um oh my god this is this is terrible cuz i can't remember his name like ben stiller
1: go oh,
0: my and I see how
1: you would. I see how you would think Ben Stiller because they were both in there. Something about Mary,
0: right? Matt well, Miller also, and then Ben I'm Stiller very, was, and then Ben I'm
1: Stiller really, and Owen Wilson have done so many movies together since Meet the Parents.
0: Yeah, but yeah, they directed that one, so that was that's the thing. Anyway, um, well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. True. Uh this was this felt like the Rooster brothers being like, you know that that John Wick vehicle? Let's make one for ourselves. That's what it felt like. Like our protagonist is on the run from multiple people trying to kill him. Yeah. Because the plot wasn't like
1: deep. Oh no. It's very surface level.
0: But I also really enjoyed it. Did you? Yeah, I had a good time with it. Hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't walk away, you know, like how do I put it? If this is the only Gray Man movie we get, which I know it's not, we're getting a sequel and uh, a side story, like a not not a prequel or a sequel, but like a spinoff. That's the word. That's what you use. Um. I think the spinoff is about trying to remember who it's about, but I know that the guy who, who um, directed uh, Deadpool is doing the spinoff. It's going to be written by
1: Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese.
0: There you go.
1: Um, So I didn't care for it. Okay. I was just, I watched the whole thing. Misty and I watched it together. Misty really liked it. I didn't care for it. I didn't think any of the characters were likable in it. I was like, you know, they're all in these, obviously morally gray areas. The only likable character was Billy Bob Thornton's niece. Everybody else was garbage. Uh, They were all pieces of human garbage in some form or fashion. (sighs) Yeah. and and here's the thing. the performances are fine they're you know i don't I don't think anybody did a bad job uh in their performances, you know, and in the small role that Alfrey Woodard had as Margaret Cahill was good uh, I like seeing her in anything uh, you remember she was in Luke Cage, yeah. And she was great. You know, and I always like seeing Billy Bob Thornton and things, you know. It just.
0: I really, 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 really fucking enjoy a good villain, especially a villain that can kind of make me laugh a little bit with his psychoticness. Yeah, and Chris Evans nailed that. I f- that was so much fucking fun. Um, like, to me, our antagonist. Was, or sorry, our protagonist was. How do I put this? He is that standard protagonist that is stoic. Like, he yeah. is only a vehicle for the other characters to shine off of. And I thought Chris Evans was so much fun as a villain. That that's what really I enjoyed most about the movie. I really enjoyed the action too. I thought the action was really fucking solid, and I love a good like mindless action movie. And and you know, truth be told, that's what this movie is. The plot's not deep. The fucking the story is 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 formulaic. Um, but I don't think it was. An, I don't think it was trying to be any any. I, I don't think it was trying to be more than that. I think that the Russo brothers and everybody involved was just having a good old time, and that's what I got from it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's not horrible. Uh, it's, it's it's two hours and ten minutes long. Uh, it's, you know, if you enjoy action movies, you're going to enjoy this, I'm sure. If you like John Wick, you'll be like, well, this is... Not John Wick, but it's serviceable.
0: Yeah. It's fun. I, I thought it was fun. I I had fun with the action. I don't know. Oh, pardon me. Um I don't know. I, I I get where you're coming from. I get where you know where your opinion lies, but this felt like it was right in between what makes john wick special and what makes the fast and furious movie special okay
1: okay yeah i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying i didn't care for it
0: yeah yeah i got you like you you clearly understand why we would enjoy it but it wasn't your bag yeah exactly yeah i get you i'm just trying to uh uh express why i enjoyed it as much as i did i mean again it's it's like I'm just gonna say it right now. This movie gets a B. Not a B plus, not a B minus. Definitely doesn't deserve an A. Like, no. Again, if they if if Netflix was like, hey, we're canceling the sequel and the in the spin-off, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't like I wouldn't be heartbroken over it. I, I think it was fine for like, hey, let's watch a movie tonight. What do you want to watch? Well, there's this new one called Netflix or Netflix, this new one called Grey Man with um uh Brian Gosling he looked kind of interesting. Let's check it out. And then we watched it and we went, Oh, that was good. I'm going to go do something else now. Like, yes. Yeah. That's, that's how I felt about it. No,
1: I get you. I get you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd probably say B minus. Um, not quite B worthy, but. It's definitely better than, you know, a lot of action films that I've seen in my day. But it's not as good as also a lot of action films that I've seen in my day. Um, but it's just because I didn't enjoy it, I don't recognize that it's not well shot. It's, 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 it's very well shot, it's very well acted. Um, I personally just didn't care for a lot of the characters, but the, the actors portraying these characters based on the screenplay and the directorial style, they did a fucking stellar job Mm -hmm. is, you know, I don't have anything bad to say about the movie other than it's not, you know, breaking any new ground with what it's trying to do. Um, no, it's like, okay, if you're in the mood for an action movie, it's a good one to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, um, I think you said it best with it's serviceable. It fills a need. And that's, you know, to have a popcorn movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, I don't want to say, like, I use the term inoffensive For movies that I didn't really enjoy, but I wasn't like, ugh, about it, you know? I feel like, unoffensive, it works for you, but definitely not for me, because I enjoyed it more than you did. But I also enjoy, like, in a way, mindless action. I really do enjoy my Fast and the Furious and John Wicks, you know?
1: I like John Wick, but I've not seen
0: any of the sequels. Oh man, they're so much fun. I just like a good piece of cake, you know what I mean? And you know, if a movie is a good piece of cake, then I enjoyed it. see, I'm allergic to cake. Well, you're allergic to cake with eggs, that's true. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we already gave our grades a B and B, a B and a B minus, which is higher than I thought you were gonna give it. Um, no, no, I'm not here to shit on it. Just wasn't for me. Gotcha. Well, well, well. That'll do it for us, everybody. Um, <laughs> next week, we're going to be reviewing the entire season of Sandman as it drops on Netflix this Friday. Uh, we're also going to watch Prey, which is supposed to drop on Disney Plus and Hulu on Friday. Um, I keep seeing it advertised as only on Hulu. Yeah. But like... Everybody fucking involved with the movie keeps saying Disney plus as well. So as I'm very confused, if I'm not able to watch it and we have to change it to something else, we will let you know as soon as you know, we figure it out, but well, I'm excited about Prey, So yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to see it <laughs> with commercial breaks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, no, no,
1: not commercial breaks. You just get like a two or three minute
0: block of commercials at the beginning. Oh, that won't be bad. That's the yeah. case. Um, yeah. Shit, that won't be bad at all. Anyway, I hope it's on Disney Plus. Um, but anyway, the the uh, fun fact about Prey is I um uh I met the director of this film back in two thousand nine. Oh, cool. Uh, when I was at uh, like back in like from two thousand fucking like seven. 2006, 2007, um, I was watching a show called uh, Totally Rad Show. And it had three guys who liked to talk about comic books, video games, movies, television shows, whatever, cartoons, animes, whatever was new. They would watch it and give their, you know, reviews of things. And I really, really enjoyed Totally Rad Show. Well, the director of this movie was part of that group. And um, the first full-length film that he got to to direct was 10 cloverfield lane which is arguably the best of the cloverfield movies because it technically wasn't a cloverfield movie to begin with uh but that's a different conversation um so yeah this is the second uh, as far as I know, um, I don't think he's directed anything else. I know that he he's like, he was talking, he, he was trying to work on Why the Last Man for a long time. He's done a bunch of shorts for different video games, like he did a Portal short that's really fucking solid. Um, but yeah, in in 2009, when I was at Comic Con, I was sitting out in the lobby, uh, just taking a break, and I saw him walk by, and I was like Dan, and he turns and looks, at me, and I was like, Oh man, I'm a big fan. Let me take a picture with you, so. I still have that picture with me and Dan Trachtenberg, but that's awesome. When I saw that he got to do Prey, I was like, Oh fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Fucking get it. Hell yeah, that is awesome. But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird to like be a fan of a guy before he became a well known director. He also did uh he directed the very first episode of The Boys too. I should mention that. Oh sweet. Uh, Do you remember that episode of Black Mirror where the dude goes into a VR, um, like, horror game? Don't know if I've seen that episode. I felt like we reviewed it for the podcast, but... Yeah, it's this guy who's, like, trapped in... Like, he can't get back home, and he's in a different country. And he takes a, a, a job where they want to... test a video game. And they, um... Uh, it's like, it's like an, it's, it's basically an implant that allows you to see the world. And uh, it's based off of one of his like favorite video games, which is like a horror game that was modeled somewhat after Resident Evil. Um, and shit starts going fucking cuckoo, kachoo inside it, you know, Black Mirror style craziness. And then there's a twist at the end, and it was—it's a really fucking good episode. It actually stars, uh, um, Kurt Russell's son. The fuck's his name? Wyatt Russell. Right, Wyatt. Yeah, it stars Wyatt Russell. You know, I don't think I've seen that episode. Then I think it
1: may have been one the BBC side of things before no. they brought it to Netflix.
0: No, it was a, it was a, it was a new one. It was. Yep, it was. Um, I don't remember it at all. That's weird. I love that episode. It's really fucking good. I'm trying to remember the name of the episode. It was like season 4? No, season 3. Play Playtest is what it's called. It's called Playtest.
1: Then I've not watched it because I haven't watched season 1, 2, or 3. I've only watched
0: seasons 4 and beyond. You should go watch season 3. It's fucking fantastic. Season 3 was the first season they made after it stopped airing on BBC. Season three was the first Netflix season. Because season two had, yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> funny enough, the first episode, Nosedive, is the one with Bryce Dallas Howard and the fucking social media one. I don't know if you remember that at all. I remember hearing about it. Obviously, I haven't seen it.
1: I have to go back and look. I may have. I may have watched series three.
0: But I don't have any recollection of it. Uh, Season or that episode with Bryce House Howard is interesting because like your social media score, like people can rate you and your score will depend on what you can do in the world. And she starts to kind of lose her shit. It's awesome. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm reading about I'm reading about the episode synopses synopsis for um, season three, and I've not watched any of those. I have no recollection of any of those.
0: I was going to say, I think we started reviewing it on season four. Season never- four is when
1: we started reviewing it, and I asked you, do I have to go back and watch any of the first three seasons? And you said no, because they're anthologies. Yeah. I said, okay, then, I'm not going to.
0: Still the case, <laughs> but I I would I would absolutely recommend watching season two or season three. It's it's fucking it's really well done. It's way better than season five, that garbage ass season. Season five was bad. Their best episode was like the fucking throwaway episode with Miley Cyrus. Anyway, we're not here to fucking shit on that. Anyway, so we're gonna watch Prey. <laughs> Um, which is not a predator movie, so that's fine. Anyway, uh well, I got to get going soon, so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this puppy up. Uh, make sure you follow us on all social medias listed below. That's where you you know if we update you on anything, if we change it from prey to something else for whatever fucking reason, or if we add something, that's where you know it. I doubt it because we have to watch an entire season of a show. Uh still very excited for Sandman, so that's you know, that's one thing. Um uh blah but check out our Teespring store if you're looking to buy you know clothing for something like it's August, so summer's gonna be ending soon and falls around the corner. So if you want to get um I don't remember what fucking warm clothing the website well, has. I, didn't I mean them. it's
1: another six weeks of summer left still, but almost seven. But yeah. Well, you can but, order there's, but there's hoodies.
0: Yeah, you can order early. you have it ready for you uh, that's that, uh, that link is also listed below, uh, go head on over to our YouTube channel. That's where you can watch the live broadcast of this particular episode. Um, that link is also below. If you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, uh, head on over to the Nerdvana network. There's a ton of shows that you can really sink into with different, uh, hosts and different, you know, um, topics that, uh, something's bound to pique your interest over on the Nirvana Network, which that link is, as I've said, a thousand times listed below. That's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you?
1: You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher, which is a public profile, which is also linked to my Instagram and Twitter profiles. So it's your one-stop shop to follow me and
0: everything I'm up to. And that's it. What about you, Greg? Uh, Chub Rock Geek on all socials. Uh, you can also watch solar reviews on our YouTube channel, um, which I haven't done in a hot minute for a number of fucking reasons. But uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for me at the moment. Um yeah, we had a lot of project in the past. Now that's now it's just us, Maya. Now it's just us. Uh, we still say stay super busy though. Hey man, we got got three fucking D and D campaigns we're doing. So three.
1: Um two days on Monday evenings and Tuesday nights.
0: Yeah. Which is pretty fucking cool. Pretty fucking cool. Uh that, 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 that's it. Uh, okay I, was, I, was, I didn't know if there's any more notes. Again, uh Prey on Disney Plus slash Hulu and uh Sandman on Netflix. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Um, always remember, fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA, uh, donate and help where you can. People need help all the time. So see what you, see what you can do out there. Be, be a positive force in the world.
1: Oh yeah. I didn't even bring that up. The flooding here. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck.
1: Yeah. Before we go, my region was impacted tremendously by floods last week, a week ago today as of recording this. On the 27th, Um, like, I know people who have lost everything in these floods, Uh, literally everything. And I've seen pictures and videos of the devastation. And I'm very fortunate where we are we weren't affected or impacted at all it was just heavy rain for us we live right next to the fire department you know we have great drainage here where we are even though we're kind of you know there's a big hill right behind us that water will rush down we have great drainage here so it didn't affect us a lot of people in this town in the county i'm in and the Kentucky County's adjacent to us because my county borders Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky state line is less than five miles away in certain directions from me. Um, but the eastern Kentucky, southwest Virginia flooding, eastern Kentucky was hit harder. But it's just horrible. I'm going to put some links up if you want to donate, if, it's, if you're able to help. I'm going to put links down below to where you can donate because these people need a lot of things. You know, we've done what we can, uh, personally. Um, but they just need so much more. Everything people are like, Oh, we'll send canned goods. You know what? If you send canned goods, send a can opener too, (laughs) you know, because when I say these people have lost everything, literally, Like the only thing they have is the clothes on their back. It's horrible and heartbreaking to see. But yeah, we'll have links down below for that. And that's all I've got. So with that being said, take care everybody.